the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It seems like Jesus loves a good party, doesn't he? Especially in Luke's Gospel. He's always eating or drinking or having a meal. But the interesting thing is, is that every time we hear of one of these meals, that meal seems to lead us into some kind of revelation, some better understanding of our relationship with God and with each other. We find Jesus' first miracle at a wedding feast at Canaan, where he changed the water into wine. We hear of Jesus eating with sinners, eating with people whose society told him that he shouldn't eat with. Each of these events has taught us something about God's abundant grace and God's forgiveness. And the meal we hear about this morning is no different. We meet Jesus this morning shortly after he had cured the sick on the Sabbath, and by doing so, how he had showed how our priorities should be realigned, pointing them more towards God instead of to our own human understanding of the law. This morning, Jesus teaches us something else about our priorities and maybe where they should be better focused. There's a story that you might have heard of before of a pastor of a, at a mainline Protestant, good-sized, well-to-do church. He was a new pastor, and this was his first Sunday. And before anyone had met him, he decided to go to church that morning wearing his oldest, dirtiest clothes. He didn't shave, had a scraggly beard, didn't take a shower. And that pastor came quietly in the back of the church, walked past the ushers, walked right up the middle of the aisle, and took his seat in the front pew. He could feel the hundreds of eyes burning in the back of his head as the congregation stared at this stranger who obviously didn't look or even smell like them. And it wasn't long before one of the ushers came up to him and politely asked him to leave. Then maybe he was looking for something else. The office will be open on Monday, they told him. You can come back for assistance then. They let him know, both by their words and by their actions, that he wasn't welcome there. I can only imagine the surprise and the multitude of feelings that that congregation had when the pastor finally revealed himself and told them that perhaps there was still plenty of work to do in that church. And like most of Jesus' parables, the one we hear this morning is rich in imagery, and it's much deeper than it appears to be on the surface. Jesus gives two major revelations in our reading this morning. The first is how has to do with how we perceive ourselves and how much better we usually think we are than those other people. Jesus says, All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. That can be a hard pill for us to take sometimes in our world that's hypersensitive to achievement and to status. But the key to understanding this lesson, I believe, lies at the very beginning of our reading. Luke writes, When Jesus noticed how the guests chose their places of honor, he told them a parable. When Jesus noticed. 
For you see, Jesus' viewpoint is not our viewpoint. It's God's viewpoint. Whereas we have our blinders of success, of wealth, of health, poverty, color, and gender, all these things that we assign to each other, God does not. While we might see ourselves as better, or maybe even less than someone else, God does not. And while we feebly try to get ahead and to prove that we're better than someone else, God doesn't see it that way. Because all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. But then Jesus goes on with his second point. And he says that who is even allowed at the banquet is just as important as what you do when you get there. Now, I know that most of us at St. John's gather here each Sunday morning, and that's wonderful. I love it. The Eucharist is our principal act of worship. It's what binds us together as a Christian community. But believe it or not, the church is actually open all week long. Things are happening. People are always coming and going. Meetings, classes, rehearsals. But no matter what day of the week it may be, a portion of our, our, our time is spent receiving the poor, the lame, and yes, even the blind. You can ask anyone in our office and they'll agree, our door is graced at least once a day by someone who, for whatever reason, needs our help. And they've come to this prominent, imposing, beautiful church building, seeking it out. It could be very easy for me or anyone to judge and to say, no, you're not actually worthy of our help. We don't even know you. But that's not what we do. And I'm not trying to be a saint or anything. It's part of our ministry together. And thankfully, through your generosity, we're able to assist many of those who come to us seeking help through the church's discretionary fund. And the discretionary fund, if you're not familiar with it, is funded by the loose offerings and the offertory plate the first Sunday of every month, like today. And this fund is actually designated in the canons of the Episcopal Church for the poor. And that's it, for the poor. Can we always help every person? No, of course not. But when someone comes to this church seeking help from someone who won't judge them, that's what we're called to do, to imitate Christ. There's a phrase that you might have heard before, our table, God's table. Sound familiar? I hope so. That was the theme of the capital campaign that we're in the process of finishing up. This is not our altar. This is not our building. It's not our money. It's not even the time that we give. It's God's. We are stewards of that time, of those funds, and of this place. In Jesus' parable, the banquet that he talks about, that's not our dinner party. That's God's table. And here's a spoiler alert. Anytime you hear the word banquet in scripture, that means heaven. That means the kingdom of God. The host doesn't just invite the rich, 
doesn't just invite the successful, it doesn't even just invite the holy. God invites the poor, the lame, the blind, and thank God, God invites the sinners too. God invites us to the table, knowing that we cannot repay the graces, the gifts, or the love that we are shown. Just as in our small part of the kingdom of God here in Decatur, we help those whose society has turned its back on. And we do this not out of pity, but out of love, out of the gratitude we have for God showing us the same undeserved mercy and grace, while not expecting us to be able to repay. We opened our Eucharist service this morning with our collect prayer, and we addressed it to Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things. Let us go out into the world bearing witness to this love, and may we all strive to show each other mercy and understanding without reservation, just as God shows us.